All right, what is up everybody? Zombies here again, and today we're back with another episode of the Fighting Pit Podcast. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, uh, no Wizard Beast today. He had some stuff to take care of, but he will probably be back with us in the not-too-distant future. But So it's just me and Malahu today, no cams today, uh, because uh, Malahu was having some internet problems and whatnot, so we're, we're doing it a little different this time, but at least we gotta do it, so, so that's good. How you doing, Malahu? That's good. No, yeah, long time listener, first time caller. This is uh, we have just been cursed. I don't know what it is. I, I thought that it was just the rains, like we had these crazy floods over over here for a little while, but my internet has just been completely sporadic, erratic, mm-hmm. and it was fine all day, and then it just cut out right away. So we're just doing it, yeah, from a the good old telephone this time. Yeah, well, you know, whatever works, right? At least we're able to do it. Um. But yeah, we we got some stuff to talk about this week. Unsurprisingly, not a whole lot in the way of uh, Mercenaries news. We're kind of in that uh, limbo period waiting for the new stuff, and we'll talk a little bit more about that a little later on. Uh, But before we get into everything, a little housekeeping stuff. If you enjoy the show, remember to like, comment, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff really does help support the show, uh, helps to get more out there, and uh, just shows us you enjoy it. So remember to do that we really appreciate it uh to start off for today speaking of podcasts uh we have something kind of neat to talk about so uh alkali actually put out a little uh little google doc survey thing this week and it was basically like do you have a podcast that produces hearthstone content and if so uh you could fill out this little sheet and it seems the idea here at least from what i understand is uh it's to help put just all the different uh podcast hearthstone related things uh, on the radar so that way it's a little bit easier to set up things like dev interviews and guest spots and that kind of stuff which is really good um i mean that's something i think we've wanted to do for a long time i know like a while ago we kind of like put a little request or something in but i think it got like lost along the way in, yeah. the, in the pipeline of the uh there's there's all these uh, approval things and and whatnot and it's easy for things to get a little bit lost along the way, so I think this is definitely a uh, a good sign that uh, you know they're they're in- interested in interacting more with these podcasts because I think the people who consume the podcast content are really the the more dedicated players who are trying to consume all the information. So that just seems like a logical place for them to give these kind of guest appearances, since those are probably the people who want to hear from the developers and whatnot the most. Yeah, and it's just a great avenue to be able to ask the kind of like ask questions and stuff too. I mean, mm-hmm. every single other medium that they would ever kind of disseminate information through, there couldn't be any realistic like back and forth. Like AMAs are cool, but I mean, they only do so much mm-hmm. and just being able to do it with a real person and actually kind of have nuance back and forth and to to know that you can just dedicate some time to specific people that you trust, right? And like you said, it's definitely just a great, underutilized mechanism of just kind of sharing information or talking about things or like letting little teasers and tidbits leak while kind of simultaneously supporting the community like that um but yeah we were supposed to kind of we were looking to kind of get into an interview months ago Mm -hmm. right and but then that was like right before the huge first drop came i think it was and so we were like all right well we'll just wait a little bit and then we'll have that come out and then there was like some other 
scandal or something like that came up. I forget what it was, but yeah, it's just, it, it's always been this weird backwards channel that you've had to kind of go through to be able to get the mm -hmm. kind of approval to put somebody on. They have to go through a bunch of different people. So now it will probably just be in Blizzard's hands to kind of say, okay, you can go on this one or even literally, I mean, right. Like you were saying now they can say we have information we want to give out and wink, wink. We maybe have a month, less than a month until the next huge drop of Mercs comes, right? So something like on their timeline, they can now just go and look and kind of line it up and contact us rather than us deciding when we want to do it, when we might be able to. It has nothing to do with them whatsoever, right? And now it can kind of be plus EV for everybody. So um, cool to see this happening. Yeah, and uh, I know, I don't think it's out yet, but I think we're getting closer to them putting out the... Uh that content creator program thing uh, Alkalize talked about like a while ago. I think we're near that yeah. coming. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it in a while, but that's just yeah. another one of those things that, uh, I mean, as creator for the mode, it's, it's very like, <laughs> there's never been a clear path uh, to, to how we're supposed to like get some of this information or request some of these things. And it's just kind of like, uh, a mystery in a way and uh we, we were very fortunate we we had some people interacting with us just like on twitter and stuff i mean tess was really really great um she was showing up in the chat all the time providing a lot of really good insight uh tin man was also really good too uh he he provided some neat insight as well and unfortunately they both moved on to other blizzard projects i think uh she's on overwatch 2 hero design now which is cool and uh, he's moving on to Diablo 4 testing stuff. Um, oh, sweet. Man. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, that was a more recent one. That was in the last, like, few weeks or so. Um, but the, the downside is just like, oh, wow, I don't really know who to go to now. <laughs> like, if and I have no, a question, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, Deck Tech's usually pretty good where if even though he doesn't know an answer to a lot of the stuff, he's good about, like, passing the uh, the question along and whatnot. Like, we got to... We got an answer about the the long gen thing uh recently which was really cool um so we found out it's not a uh it's not a bug it turns out long gen was originally bugged and they bug fixed it it's just it, it didn't get okay. fixed for oh god when did long gen come out long gen came out like a year ago or something not February even or something yeah like <laughs> half a year ago like a while ago and we just kind of all assumed that was how it was supposed to work with the uh, the Longjin retaliation, where if you got the kill, it didn't retaliate. But the wording actually doesn't really say that at all. The wording makes it seem like the other way, and so now it does work that way, where if you do get the killing blow, it does deal that retaliation damage still. Um, okay. But I did take a look at the numbers. We did a little meta report earlier this week, took a, took a peek at the stats, and... Uh, Surprisingly, Arcane really isn't in that good of a spot right now. I was kind of surprised to see this. Uh, they were barely pulling 50%. Like, one of the decks had, like, 48%. The other one was, like, 50 hard to do. <laughs> like, that's bad yeah. in Mercs. That's yeah. really, really bad. Um, and the Nagas yeah, were really dominating. Were pushing, like, 55 to 60 yeah. plus, like, with regularity. You know what? The Na Nagas were in the 70s, which is nuts. What? Yeah. <laughs> Nagas are are doing really really well and and it's really cool because I think Nagas are a great example of the fact that the Mercs meta doesn't get solved super quickly even like mm. even people who like turbo grind it like me who get all the stuff pretty fast it just takes time to ex like there's yeah. so many different things to explore and it's kind of hard to judge things right away in an evolving meta 
And the Naga is like, I mean, the Queen was always good, but we really didn't see a good Naga-focused build until like two and a half-ish months into the metagame, which is, that. I mean, that's kind of awesome. The fact that like we were still seeing new stuff. Uh, again, shout out to Vessia for coming up with that one. It is a super duper fun build to play, I'm sure. Most people have probably seen it on ladder at this point, and it's neat because it's one of the only comps in the game that actually has a double red bench, which is uh, kind of an anomaly. And uh, it seems better than ever because now Cthulhu is more popular, so that, that double red bench really goes a long way to shutting him down, and now Shadow has a little bit harder of a time because of Cthulhu, because uh, he's just so big, he can just almost one-shot their blues, and then can kind of... Sylvanas needs a turn to set up, whereas Cthulhu just comes in off the bench and he's already giant. So it's uh it's really cool. Um the we got those That's great to hear. <laughs> yeah, like we got those buffs too. Uh not like a whole lot of insight on the the buffs this episode. Like I played with them a bit the the first week after the patch. It's cool. I like the buffs that we got. I mainly messed around with the Holy Comp and Rexar and it felt a bit better. Uh, I know Wizard Beast was telling us he actually had a really great run with Arcane using both Rexar and King Crush. He said Crush was uh, crushing it for him. He had like some insane record. Maybe if uh, he gets a chance yeah, it was, like, to seventeen. Yeah, it was like nuts. Like <laughs> it was crazy. But maybe if he gets a chance to listen through this, he can drop a comment uh, and tell us a little bit about that for the the people that are interested. Because it sounds like a really really neat comp, and I just haven't had a chance to try it out yet. But he seemed to perform very well with it. So maybe that's the the kind of spicy shakeup Arcane needs to start doing a little bit better in this meta again because the the reno version and the valera version did not seem to be cutting it right now yeah of the little that i've seen of reno more lately too that that's been the most underwhelming of the explorers i think by like a pretty large margin really me, which is i mean I, I just the death rattle has been a lot i mean i mean the fact that there's been the rng in it um can be tough but mm -hmm. i honestly i just keep seeing him the way that my games end up playing out with it reno like inspires me the least which then inspires me more for thinking about things like the popper open where you, now you mm -hmm. can cut reno and play the other explorers in a popper open and now we might be getting something pulling something together true true because he is the only legendary explorer so he's the only one that's not going to be allowed and speaking of the popper open uh the plan is that by the time this goes live on saturday uh there should hopefully uh, be a, uh, a separate video on YouTube that explains the format more and has the sign-up sheet and everything. But that's basically going to be happening, I believe we, we said the 17th, right? So like a week from week, when this will go live. Um, so really excited for that. I mean, both the, the popper opens have been just so much fun and they're just such mm -hmm. cool and interesting formats. And I think that's something... Uh, the game could really use right now while we're just kind of in this limbo waiting for new content the meta is kind of stale we we need the the community event stuff i've wanted to do some draft stuff i just haven't had the time recently i've just they take so long yeah i mean i love doing them but it just sometimes it's hard to to find the time to do a uh six hour tournament every other yeah. weekend <laughs> so uh they'll, they'll come back in the not too distant future as well and we do uh have rough plans in the works to do some kind of event it's not going to be a, a popper one but i think it, we're going to do something shortly after the next big mercs drop so like two three weeks after to kind of give people incentive for just like 
trying out new deck building and stuff. Something, yeah. Yeah, just some community things so people can actually like try and build the best deck and and I really liked uh the tournament format Grumpy used. Uh, I I co-casted with him recently and that'll be going up on YouTube in the near future, maybe this Sunday if uh if I find the time to edit it. That was also a long event, but his format is awesome because you end up building three decks, but the catch is, and there are no bands or anything, the catch is you can only have one copy of each mercenary across all three decks. So if yeah, you're putting... I think, I think that's like the bog standard, yeah. honestly, going forward, in my opinion. I agree. I think it's just such a neat format. And the other rule that really makes it interesting is after every game, you have to switch decks. So win or lose, that deck is gone. The only way it can come back, potentially, is if you end up in a a tie scenario in like game three or or not even game three i guess if you tie if you tie once and you end up to a point where you're you've played more than three games because of that because uh it's best of three generally then you've used all three of your decks so you're like all right well you get to pick any of your decks again something um oh, okay no, i mean that's a pretty yeah. cool way to do it yeah it's neat it's it's a really fun format and i like it a lot and like you said i think it's going to be the the general standard for at least like non-alternate list kind of formats i think it's just a really great way to play the game leads to some very interesting deck building and i think it really rewards a level of both like competent deck building and it, it challenges that because you can't just say all right these are the three best ladder comps let's jam it and win well, it turns out, if you tried to do that last time, there's a lot of overlap between some of those best ladder comps. So yeah. you're not always able to do that. And uh, I think that adds definitely a uh, an element of challenge to the deck building, which I really like. That's why I like the, the draft format, is because you have, like, drafting is its own skill set where you're playing, like, this game before you're even in the game. And that's no, great. Yeah. And and the fact that drafting drafting almost yeah plays to the deeper skill set of like can you can you make something on the fly like mm -hmm. can you actually assemble something on the fly but then these other like the grumpy style tournaments are kind of you have all the time you want to assemble it but can you analyze your matchup on the fly and I think mm -hmm. that's really cool like some of my favorite parts about some of the really early tournaments and the the invitational and stuff too were just like having to force people to look at the game in a brand new way where they had to like parse what what am i trying to do what is my opponent trying to do like who is the beat down like what are these archetypes like against each other like what are archetypes in this format like that part of the game like you're saying like the game before the game is one of my mm -hmm. favorite parts about almost any strategy game um and i know we'll chit chat probably a little bit about some of the other games that we've been playing with lately too but that's something that i think mercenaries just has absolutely locked down in the pocket is this i this capacity to play the game before you play the game and mm -hmm. it's really kind of been dropped i think when it comes to ladder when it comes to the way that the actual kind of pve or pvp is set up at the moment but again the hopium is still there where the ceiling for this game to be played before you start is so high definitely it's and uh, I know I saw someone in your chat earlier today when you were doing a little Unite streaming, 
saying how they really missed the uh, the pre-release theorycraft stuff you used to do. Oh yeah, and like <laughs> yeah, I, the golden ages. Mm-hmm, yeah, like I've I've heard so many people talk about that so fondly, and I I wasn't even around for that because like I wasn't following <laughs> Mercs that early. I just kind of like yeah. found out about it right before it dropped, and then I saw the PvP stuff, and that's what got me hooked. Then I obviously I watched your the the first mercenaries tournament and that's the rest is history right um <laughs> but i i think it would be great if one thing that they could do which would it really wouldn't require like this whole big effort like they do on these reveal seasons for like uh card stuff uh to do like release the information for these new mercenaries like mm-hmm. a week or two weeks before they come out like people would have i think there would drum up a lot of hype oh yeah and it would get people back into that mindset of like exploring the game outside of the game like with uh your theorycraft stuff because like it'd be super fun to do that it's just like when we get the information on these characters it's so close to when they're coming out it's just really hard to like like i mean we remember last time what it was like 18 new mercenaries it was just so hard to analyze all those characters because it felt like an information overload. Like there was just so much information that it's hard to like deep dive into any one thing because there's so many other things to think about. And uh, so I'd really like if we could have a little bit more time to just kind of absorb the information of the characters and come up with some cool theory crafting stuff. And then it's always going to be different on release, right? Like, how many times do you see that uh, the, on the theory crafting streams? I know they have some restriction rules, so they have to use like a legendary and X cards from the new set or whatever. Yeah. But how how many times do you see where like something will look really strong on theory crafting or or really weak, and then latter it's totally different? Like like you see it the next week and it's like wow, this is way worse than it looked, or wow, this it's is like way cool. better than it looked. It, it's like until it gets in like all the players' hands. It, it's hard to uh it's hard to really fully judge the format and like we said with the nagas like some of these comps can just kind of go under the radar un- unexplored or un- not fully refined for a long period of time because people are busy focusing on other comps or they just didn't find the perfect combination yet because it takes a lot of time like even as someone who plays a ton during these releases it's just like you only have so many hours in the day that you can test yeah. stuff and you really got to put in the games to really get a feel for if something is good or not. No, definitely. And especially, I mean, literally the, when you think about the way that the, the spoiler season kind of track that Hearthstone has been so familiar with, mm-hmm. it, it honestly works better for mercenaries than for standard. Like when mm-hmm. you, when they show us one random Epic, right. Of if they just i don't know they spoil yoink or something right on a thursday what how much theory crafting is really immediately started after seeing a new card like almost by definition everybody kind of has to it's cool to like see the new stuff every time and like get the puzzle slowly revealed but people don't really do stuff with it with mercenaries imagine if they just released or like spoiled right like literally just had a card reveal spoiler season kind of calendar where it was a new Merc gets just the information gets revealed every day. People would literally think about building a deck with it and then Mm -hmm. think about, Oh, if we get this guy, then that might mean that we're also getting this guy. And then, or I can start setting up this and you actually can start doing that theory crafting. Like it's almost like they had the right idea, but the wrong 
using it in the wrong game mode or now they have the precedent set so mm-hmm. let's use it in mercenaries like let's get those 18 mercs spoiled two or three every day or whatever for like a week leading up yeah. to it and like you said just once that once we if we just get the whole drop at once we just get 18 at once everybody has to do two things simultaneously or figure out how they're going to split their time because they have mm-hmm. to both analyze it and evaluate it and then grind it and play it at the mm-hmm. same time but instead give us that theory crafting space before let people know what pokemon they want to open let people know what pokemon they're going to focus on and then they can go from there and just now dedicate it to to playing like split that time i think it'd be sick and then they could do cool theory crafting streams right they could get people like just give god unlocked accounts right mm-hmm. to certain people and have them just throw down with mercenaries for the first time and like do that on the spot kind of analysis and archive type kind of evaluation that would be such good content mm-hmm. it's free they could just do it and it, so maybe we'll see it someday but yeah and it'd be a win-win like it would not only be a win for the handful of creators who have been pretty dedicated to the mode since the release the those of us that are left and uh it would it would just be good advertising for the game right like we could oh, yeah. sh- you could yeah, show I'm not off even all saying this i have to like i don't stuff. have to be on it <laughs> yeah like, like it would just be it sweet have to be us like it could just be anybody yeah but just like run it like have that kind of exhibition thing like just having the like unironic hype as well from established mercenaries players that could speak just for hours right about any of the new mercenaries that they would see having those people as kind of the just the actual kind of leading the ship in some of the theory crafting streams uh instead of the devs just spoiling things or kind of talking about it in that sense mm-hmm. people would just be able to opt in and kind of buy in off of our hype or whoever was playing it hype that has all these months and months and months of experience that they can actually speak realistically to and be like oh my god no this is actually going to be sick like this is actually going to be really cool this is actually really new this is actually really funky like there's again so much cool opportunity and we we have like a month like it's possible for this drop maybe not maybe they'll just fade this year but yeah it's uh, possible. uh yeah I, I don't know i've had some people ask me about like hey has anyone reached out to you about the new merc stuff and i'm just like oh, yeah. i mean well i mean if that did happen i, did, I couldn't tell you i probably couldn't say so but uh yeah. no <laughs> it's <has> not <laughs> happened um i mean it doesn't mean it won't happen there's still time but uh uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, we talked a little bit about this before we started uh, the show, but uh, those of us who were around for the last big drop might remember there was a, a bit of a backlash when uh, the, the mini set trailer dropped. And this was, I think, also in part because it was the first big Mercs drop. So people were like, w- we analyzed those patch notes when uh, mm-hmm. when they said they were changing the release cycle. And they are like, Mercs is going to have its big moment. And then we get the, the mini set trailer and they don't say anything about the new Mercs drop and people are like, well, where's the big moment? Like, like, <laughs> like, are we even getting anything? Like, like it, people were upset. I mean, myself included, like that was probably the most upset I have ever seen the <laughs> community and mercenaries. People were pissed and justifiably so in my opinion, like, like we want this mode that we care about to get its time in the sun. Like it's a main button on the game. Like, could we get like, one eighteenth of the the publicity is battlegrounds from regular hearthstone like please (laughs) like it would it would go a really really long way but that goes back into what we've talked about before where it feels like they just really don't want to promote this mode until yeah it's just on more solid foundation and i mean by far it's not even close the the biggest thing that will change that is going to be this supposed extra coin exchange thing 
that is supposed to be coming sometime this year. It could come in this... Basically, there's only two times, in my view, that's going to come if it comes this year, like they said it would. And I think they have to have that pretty locked in, because there's no way they would... There's no way they would delay the PVN game and then like a month or two later just release this statement out of nowhere that, hey, by the way, Merck's coin exchange is coming this year. Like they wouldn't do that just to delay it again. Like there's if if that was a risk, they just wouldn't have said it because we weren't expecting them Probably. to say that. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it, it well, yeah. yeah. I haven't said much before too, so it's not like the silence would be weird or anything. Exactly. Like people would like oh yeah that's silent it makes sense it's like normal and so i i really don't think they would have said that unless they were very confident they were actually going to be able to hit that deadline and there are only two real times i think it makes sense to release it given that we're already what september we're uh we're getting near the end of the year very quickly and so there's only two real times i think they could release this and one would be with the next big drop early october most likely uh or the, the other time they could do it is when the final set of the year comes out in usually that's December, uh, right near the end of the year, um, before everyone goes off for holiday and stuff. So it would either be 24.4 or 25.0 are really the, the only two big patches that I think would make sense for this to drop a feature that desired and whatnot. And we we can't forget the the one year anniversary is coming up right around the time of this drop mercs came out like i think october 11th october 12th so the drop is going to be right near that anniversary and what better time to kind of try and win people back and uh, reward the people who've stuck around than the year anniversary it just it just kind of lines up no definitely and i mean really the only question is like is that too much content right to give it us all at once or is it the perfect amount of content because here's a thing to use your new characters in and is that double down really kind of what they're looking at right it's going to probably give us a good amount of kind of behind the scenes information in terms of their thought process of mm-hmm. if they give it one way or the other we'll really be able to tell kind of how some future decisions might be made in terms of sheer volume of release because yeah this is and we were also even talking about last time that there's a chance that the number might be even bigger than we expected than last drop. I think it was that it we were could talking be. about like mm-hmm. the, the number could be even more unknown. We still kind of don't have a, a pure guarantee that it's going to be something like the 18 to, to 20 Merc range again, but they, they could split it up. They could be a number of different things. So obviously um, we'll have to wait, but yeah, it's, I wonder if they will aim for that October one because maybe it was really heavily influenced by COVID and stuff like that last year, but I don't remember a, a holiday break that was so kind of, directly tied to delays of production in game Mm -hmm. as last year like there there was like this big extended break because i think like the lawsuit was happening and stuff like that like there was a bunch of extra nonsense that was happening on top of the break on top of covid on top of like coming off of a really big long streak of something yeah it was a long directly influenced like the meta game in like every form like (laughs) there was so much less communication like balance changes went so much later than they should have like and stuff like that where just kind of all over the place. And I wonder if that's going to weigh on their minds when it comes to like playing around their break when it comes to giving a ton of stuff. Like, are they going to say, okay, here's a brand new PV system. We'll be right back. And just <laughs> yeah. like have fun. Like maybe, maybe that's again, it, it could just so absolutely go either way where it's like, is that the perfect thing to kind of 
give us give the people something to play with while they're gone or do you risk like accidentally lighting too many fires mm -hmm. while they're gone with such a brand new system um because this game has certainly been riddled yeah with bugs like to a bizarre degree and that's what you were saying before is like mercenaries really did not launch in like a fully fleshed out state by any means and really hasn't been brought up to that state yeah. since its inception really like they, the best thing that they've did that they've done has been this kind of release of powerful interesting characters but if anything kind of face checked a, a power creep to a little bit of an extensive degree quickly <laughs> yeah um but I'll so say. but otherwise i mean yeah when you really think about it there hasn't been much kind of structural support that has been given to the game as it's gone on and that was something that maybe we'd take that transition now even in that sense of i, I think pokemon unite has been the other game that i've really kind of put a lot of time and energy into in the mm -hmm. last x months um released around the same time as mercenaries did honestly and there are a lot of interesting parallels in terms of the way that the game design going from unfleshed out to fleshed out mm -hmm. and their capacity for that i think there's a lot of similarities and unite really kind of did what mercenaries didn't which was very quickly introduce like okay we're taking off the training wheels okay here's also this whole other system of like a rune system basically here's a whole other way to be able to play the game here's a bunch of rewards for actually grinding at a high level here's a huge tournament support here's a ton of dev support and like prize money and stuff and they they just kind of kept layering it on and mercenaries really failed just by they just didn't do anything even yeah. though unite also released literally like on a training wheels map like they mm -hmm. uh, no other moba really has put out a, a new map for their main style game when you think of like league and dota and stuff it's just been the same map for the most part i mean here's the storm had some different maps but unite just jumped right into that of, of literally we were playing on this little baby town racetrack and now it's a brand new whole funky map and mercenaries needs that and yeah. still hasn't seen it Unite is just sprinting away from it in terms of support like that. So we 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 do need the help. We do need it. Yeah, because the a game can only like survive off of its potential for so long before people yeah. start asking, "Is it ever going to realize that potential?" <laughs> uh, and, and I mean, we yeah. were the the hopium purveyors for mm -hmm. this game. I mean, I know without a doubt. I mean, I was staunchly defending this game's ceiling, and I will matter of factly say that they that i i whiffed on my timing way more than i expected to right i i truly thought that there was going to be more change and just based off of sheer possibility um but again to go back to what you said it's a very reasonable path that they might just be saying no we're gonna let it just rock for a year and then we will take the training wheels off right we will do that kind of very next level kind of transformation but that was the thing that really i think impressed me about unite was like when they released that new map when they added these new changes you were like oh okay like this was all planned for the most part and mercenaries at no point has given us the understanding that like oh no 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 like they know what they're doing like this is this is all planned like it's part of a greater thing like <laughs> no it's just been kind of backburnered for the most part so we haven't seen that intent necessarily yet um yeah as always it's, they still could, and yeah. we will. We're still hanging out, but we are playing other games now. So 
Yeah. They can only take that hit for so long. It's true. And like, I mean, so many other people I've talked to in the community and I mean, you can see it if you consume mercenaries content, a lot of people have moved on. Even people who Mm -hmm. are very cared about the game and enjoyed it a lot. Like maybe some of those people will come back. Maybe some of them won't, but it's like, it's not a good thing for the long-term health of the game that people are just not seeing that, that kind of a level of investment that, they have come to expect from blizzard and whatnot and it doesn't happen overnight right and we said that in the beginning you know you got to be patient for some of this stuff and whatnot and uh we're rapidly approaching that one year mark and if uh if i were to to go back in time and uh theorize what may uh may have happened a year later i probably would have had a fairly bigger list than uh what we're looking at right now i mean maybe they can redeem that if uh if they do get this extra coins thing out for the yeah. next big drop and that, and that would be the system right like of mm-hmm. all the buttons to suddenly introduce into your game yeah, that's to it. just like catch that's in it. on people's like hidden kind of caches of uh of just their previous coins and their previous grind and like the players yeah. that have kind of just left mercenaries on the table right there's no mechanics that you have to grind back up again there's nothing that you're really missing out from in terms of if you literally just have not played for the last six months, coin exchange could just be the way to just suddenly play again, right? Like first person mm-hmm. shooters and even things like MOBAs don't have that quality to them. So that is something that in Blizzard's defense and kind of in their little bag of tricks, the coin exchange really does set them up for a let's recapture the, the audience that has just left it and could come back. Because yeah. that is, it happens to be in a genre where that's possible. And uh, this also speaks to the fact that if they want to do something like that, they have to be very careful with how they do this coin exchange because you can't balance it around the turbo grinders. Like you can't balance no, God, it no, yeah. around the fact that I'm sitting on over half a million extra coins. Otherwise, it might not <laughs> as well exist for even like some dedicated players, let mm-hmm. alone casuals. Mm-hmm. And like I know. Uh, one person I was talking to, uh, another streamer uh, who does mostly standard stuff, uh, Superior David, he was like, I really love the gameplay of Mercenaries when it came out. The packs are just so awful because of the coin system. It was just an immediate huge turnoff. And then the grind yeah. adds on top of that because it feels bad to have to grind for these coins when like you've opened all these these packs whether you bought packs or whether you earned them through playing the game and they just feel awful so much like like i'm sitting on almost 200 packs right now because there's literally no point in (laughs) opening them because i'm just waiting for the next thing that's that that's not they can't want that right yeah that's just a straight up blunder yeah like like there's no other way to call it but they can't risk like if they suddenly flipped a switch and said hey the next set is going to be new Mercs packs. Oh boy. <laughs> like yeah. people would lose their shit because we've all been saving because that's how this has worked. And that's like one of mm-hmm. the only silver linings to this awful system is that you can just hold your packs and eventually new characters will be in them. So it's beneficial. Like I tell people all the time, if you're like building a Mercs collection, the smart thing to do you open packs until you get all the rares and maybe most of or all the epics and then just stop like mm-hmm. it, you'll naturally accumulate coins for some of the legendaries the ones you really care about you can put in the time to grind 
but you'll naturally accumulate them by playing the game. And then another great strategy is, especially for like the, the underplayed or the bad legendaries like Jaraxxus or Gul'dan or stuff, once you get enough coins to craft those, even if you're not going to use them, just craft them and they will never mm -hmm. show up in a pack. And it's making like the EV of you opening packs next expansion even better because you're not yeah. going to pull one of these old useless mercs in your legendary slot, which is pretty much the most important slot in mercenaries as the other two slots are fairly easy to get a hold of just opening the packs or even crafting. Like it doesn't take nearly as many resources. It's only... 100 for a rare 300 for an epic it's it's a lot less than the the 500 for a legendary and those legendary coins are often a bit harder to get on top of that yeah some some spicy tricks that have been still usable but exactly they can't they've priced themselves out of opening another type of pack and and that is a weird guarantee in that kind of yeah gotcha sense but i mean but i think that's fine i mean i think again when as long as they don't as long as they can balance the coins exchange yeah to where my archetype of player and your <laughs> archetype of player are both happy with it yeah and that might be a weird i mean I, th I think you basically just have to cancel it out and assume that you will you should be able to hit the mass disenchant button and it just goes ding everything is done yeah <laughs> and for the other players it should be nothing like that right but i would be almost stunned if it was anything other than just maxed out everything for where you're at. It would almost probably be a problem if it wasn't, if, if it had some kind of like be. infinite scaling that actually priced you out still, mm -hmm. that would be weird. So I'm not expecting that, but I am expecting the player like me that has like a couple thousand extra coins or so. I would say like between whatever it is, like 30 and 50,000 extra coins or something, maybe like, it's as long as it gives us a targeted way to cash those in, I think that should basically make everybody happy. So, I mean, again, obviously fingers crossed and I'm still a little spooked to the fact that if I had a full collection right now, I would probably still not be playing competitively. Yeah. And that's where I'm that, at. <laughs> that, that, that's tough. That's hard. Like all of this talk about the coins exchange, like who would have thought that we would have actually gotten so far away from the coins exchange solving everything like this quickly like that was just the holy grail for yeah. months and months and months and now <laughs> it seems like we're gonna be able to get it and it's not enough like that sucks like that that's a tough bullet to bite but if it's instantly backed up with some kind of again a pve thing or i mean truly it just it needs a pvp i mean again we've talked so much about a cool pve system coming and like it's a little scary that the coins exchange is coming and then there's a PVE overhaul and then a something and that something isn't even PVP. The best part of this game is kind of just getting boxed out and boxed out temporally as we look ahead. But maybe the PVE is sick enough. Maybe there's some kind of funky PVP system in there. Who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, that's going to be next year's radar, I guess. Maybe. I think they, they have to find some way. And I think the, the extra coins thing will go a long way but they have to find some way to just give people that taste of uh of pvp without having to yeah. uh without having to invest all this time and resources and whatnot um and another thing that really really sucks and kind of disincentivizes uh, a lot of more competitive minded players 
uh, from both myself and like people I've talked to who are more competitive than me is uh, the the la- leaderboards just just been a joke ever since last yeah. December. Like yeah. they, uh, I, I don't know if you heard about this, but they they actually just changed the leaderboards, so now it's no longer top two hundred. Yeah. So it's we actually can now, right? see how many people <laughs> are on the mercenaries leaderboards. How, oh, how many pe- yeah. people total? And let me just look here really fast. How many people total? And it does have people on zero, but I think that means those are people who have previously climbed who just haven't climbed this month. Okay. Um, That's actually, yeah, I didn't even think about that, that like for standard and stuff, like it would only show legend and you would have no idea of how many total players there were. And it's broken and standard and constructed right now too, by the way, like they, they had to roll it back there. And even though that was what it was designed for was be, because apparently it was breaking the leaderboard update, so they actually had to roll that back for standard, but they kept it for like battlegrounds and mercenaries and stuff. So if you had to take a guess, how many people do you think are listed for the uh, the Mercs PvP on NA? Hmm. I mean, we were we were having like top two hundred before was like around the. It was like ten know, to twelve like, k, depending yeah, like, on the season. And so then, how in, including then all of the people that have even down to zero but have played like any season to have like a hidden mmr in some kind of way yeah i think as long as they played relatively recently i don't know entirely how it works i mean uh, the even saying 2000 feels low but i'll I'll say 2000 that seems like way too low just over 3000 yeah wow that's like a really small number yeah I would say. and that's america's that's wild if we look on eu that's true. I mean, there I mean, are wow holy crap there are 6700 on eu whoa e- eu's over I mean, we double always knew the eu NA. yeah that's kind <laughs> of crazy big place to be there. i didn't know there were that many more though like that's that's over doubles crazy that, that's like that's that's very surprising i i just saw that for the first time and then <laughs> Asia Pacific 993 wow sub 1k that's insane i mean that i mean talk about those some of the regional differences in that sense where it's literally like yeah that's so much nuts. of apac is spent on like farming and like preparing i mean that was one of the big stories from the yeah. When, once we started knowing that there was the kind of this economy to start to grind up you saw a lot of eastern players in that sense start to just just start cranking on a collection like right start kind of identifying even the like experience gains that you could get for your account and the like the access of gold the access of resources in that sense the the regional i mean i never would have guessed those stark differences in numbers though that's really surprising one to three to seven or something like that that's crazy that's really nuts and you you know what's even sadder is the fact that the number one across all three servers is the same dude who's botting mr awesome (laughs) Is number one on all three servers. God dang it! <laughs> By quite a bit. I mean, I wouldn't judge this this season too heavily because we're only a week into it, and a That's lot of true. people are just kind of like, I, I literally haven't queued a game this season. I played yeah. last <laughs> month when we got the buffs, and I haven't touched it this season yet. And like, there's still players we know from the community who are ranked high up and stuff, but they're from what I've seen taking a peek at it every now and again, it feels like the bot population is growing, which really is not a, a good thing. And 
No, and that's spooky. like Board King has returned. The 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 bot we all know. Uh, they've returned after having a little hiatus. Maybe their motherboard died for a little bit because they were mm-hmm. running it too long. But uh, it's just quite unfortunate that it's been this long. And I mean, I've been talking with some other wild players who've been complaining about MMR stuff because. Uh, I've been playing a bunch of wild. Like I, I got my first uh-huh. top 200 finish, and I, hey, nice. I entered early this month. Like, I, I entered it in at like 50 or something, which is cool. No, that's a really good start. Um, yeah. So I've just been really loving the wild format, which has been great. Like, uh, it's it's funny the the balance patch absolutely screwed up standard, but like uh-huh. it was great for wild, <laughs> and because uh, it it just got rid of this like deck that could just win on turn one and uh the the format's diverse like it's the control or not control combo finally is getting hated on oh renathal's oh it's very playable yeah reno renathal decks are all over the place it 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 brought back the the renathal like the big reno decks and one of the top decks is like a a big renathal reno steel priest with the shadow form hero (laughs) power like it's the format's really neat. It's really diverse. I hope the upcoming patch, I mean, by the time this comes out, the patch should be out, so we'll see. I hope the patch doesn't really mess it up too much. Uh, there shouldn't be wild changes, right? No, but uh, just the, by the impact of whatever they do for standard, like, they're probably putting Edwin True, back right. to four, <laughs> which is fine. I much prefer him at three, but as yeah, a rogue main. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I understand why they're going to put him back to four, and they're probably going to balance mage, and they're finally going to hit that stupid fucking guff hero, who's just the, the <laughs> most insane card ever printed. Like, I I can't... Like, how can you... How, how can you want to do more things in a card game than gain health, ramp, draw cards and exceed the total cap on mana like like what is better than that and oh by the way it's the cheapest costing hero card fuck out of here with that shit yeah, at five is unreal it's like, stupid the lines of text on that card are just out of this world and it should even if it costs like it could cost seven about, or like, eight and like it would eight. still be yeah. a cracked card like it would yeah. still be like, an insane like, card to nine and then you could like or it would just be like you could slam guff and if you had, if you were maxed out mana, you could slam Guff, use your hero power, and whoa, you go into 11 yeah. and it's right now. And it's like big and flashy. And that would have been like, wow, this is so strong. And, but yeah, at five, where, where wild yeah. growth and stuff are just legal in your video game, like, no, no. It's insane. It's like the amount of Guffs on two. It's just like, please yeah. get this out of here. Uh, and I say that as and somebody who used to play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Light, well, Lightning Bloom was going to cause problems in the long term. That I mean, it was causing problems. Like, those are the two uh, wild decks that basically got hit were uh, Big Shaman with Lightning Bloom. And uh, right. th- that deck was basically guilty of doing what the Big Rogue deck did, which is just it creates a giant board as early as turn one and you just can't deal with it. Like, and then the, you, mm-hmm. they kill you. <laughs> they just kill you. And, <laughs> and I know one of the, the common complaints from a lot of wild players is like the big priest stuff because big priest can now get like Neptulon as early as like turn three or sometimes turn two with uh-huh. the coin. But that's kind of a high roll for the deck. You have to get like yeah, illuminate and whatnot. They're not consistently slamming it. Like, Big Shaman and Big Rogue could consistently slam these cards on turn one or turn two, and in the case of Big Rogue, they could ju- it just kept coming. Like you just couldn't clear them. <laughs> it, like they just had the death rattles, and and it's kind of wild that 
I don't think anyone expected because Big Rogue was like a meme deck for a very very long time and uh, it just shows sometimes all you need is one really busted card and it can break the format because obviously they're not balanced they're not creating cards around these cards that they've made over the past eight years right that aren't in standard anymore so yeah. at least they've gotten a bit better about uh, addressing those things I still think there's some things in the format they should address like Quest Mage is like the last deck. I just want that to to go. Like if that deck goes, like the Time Walkie Quest Mage, like yeah, it's insane one. now yeah. because of Sunken City. They uh the 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 Naga that gives you those spells back. You just use her to get coins or uh, things that give you more mana, and it's just like you can com- yeah. like uh, I've had people complete the quest on on four, like <laughs> and <laughs> and then they just get infinite turns with the the bird and bran and potion and then it's just like and the oh, geez, the worst thing about it, it too. like i don't know if you remember uh nexus of fate decks in magic yep, yep. um the worst thing is it is optimal if you're trying to play optimally the correct play is to let them play it out to see if they whiff and they don't have it and it makes for yeah. the worst play experience because you're just watching your opponent go off and hoping that there's a small chance that they don't have it, and there is, but it almost never happens. And then you just have to sit there watching them, and it's it's not fun. It's not fun. Now they give um, me Turtle Mage vibes or whatever. From it's so much worse than Turtle Mage. Like, it's if Turtle <laughs> and Turtle Mage died for its sins, and this yeah. it, they've just let this one sit around. So uh, I don't want to go off on too much of a wild rant, but uh, that's one of the things I've been doing. Um, instead of playing Merrick's, I've just been enjoying WoW, because now there are more, now that Shaman finally got hit with Snowfall Guardian, like, board-based mm. decks are so much more playable without that I bullshit, like, it, it's crazy, I wasn't entirely sure that the, uh, the change to Snowfall was going to be as huge as it was, but it is, like, I was wrong, it is huge, <laughs> I, like, you almost <laughs> see, you see, like, next to no shutter shaman anymore because of that like now even shaman's the new spice like that's what i hit legend with and uh it's like the deck puts up some insane stats like it's very vulnerable like if you board wipe them they can just die but like sometimes you can just kill people on four like like you just your totems get really big the new legendary is good the new weapon is the best card in the deck that just summons totems for you it's like and the the new golem is pretty neat too like the format's just very diverse and interesting, and yeah. I just love that board-based decks are playable again, because for a long time, it was really just, like, Pirate Rogue or Bust, um, if you wanted to yes, play, like, an aggro deck, or... Yeah. It, 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 yeah, and so now, that with tools like Theotar and stuff, combo decks yeah. kind of aren't quite... I mean, there still are good combo decks, it's just they aren't as easily resilient as they used to be, and... For me, as someone who likes a lot of diversity in the archetypes and stuff and different decks, like it's made the format really good, and so I've just been really, really enjoying it. That's one of the things I've been like putting more, more time into, game wise, because uh, it's just, and I think it's important to say, like, I don't think the mercenaries meta is bad. I think this is actually one of yeah. the more fun metas we've had. I mean. Don't get me wrong, it's super power crept. Like, uh, I like making the analogy of it'd be like if we went from classic Hearthstone to uh, Mean Streets of Gadgetsan in a year. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's how much like the, the power has gone up. And uh, it, it is a little concerning because at a certain point, like, you, you can't 
power creep just raw damage any further than killing your opponent's stuff on one like there's just unless they introduce a way for you to kill something on the bench before it comes out like you there's literally no way to power creep that uh so at a certain point they're gonna have to start going in another direction and power creeping things more defensively as opposed to offensively um and it it'll be interesting yeah easily too yeah i just wish we had stayed at the like low number range that we'd been at in the first couple of months for like yeah another six months like i really think it's kind of crazed that they went as quickly as they did i mean again we were we were praising it like we were saying like all these designs are really cool like there were a lot of like duds that yeah got kind of replaced or upgraded in that kind of sense and they've Mm -hmm. been reworking a lot of the older mercs but yeah it's this when you you had a game that literally just had like every blizzard character that you could ever pull from like you have an infinite roster mm-hmm. and you just walked straight into one of the biggest most glaring problems that can hamstring that which is just power creep like all you had to do is take it slow and i again i'm probably biased but like i talk about and look back on the early days of mercenaries with like the most fondness of any state of the game basically and imagine if we just been able to stay in that like we just didn't need to go to these like paragraphs of text for abilities or just like some of these huge numbers right away i mean blizzard has definitely been known for uh number crunching like that's definitely a thing that wow and diablo etc have done where they will literally reach a state in their game where they just wind back all of the numbers and we've theorized about doing things like that before we've talked about doing things like that with the speed and all kinds of stuff so maybe that's on the table right maybe that is a post kind of alpha whatever we're in right now um for the year two of mercenaries maybe there's a numbers crunch maybe there's who knows yeah, what um i, I think it, it's at this point it's a thorn. they i think they have to just amp up the i, I really think the it's fine to leave some of these powerful characters where they are if they tune up other ones to their level and then just tune up the health a lot. The health is really too low yeah. relative to... I mean, you could accomplish yeah, the same thing by crunching down too, but I think it'd be uh-huh. easier to just pump it up. Health and it also like feels less bad. I think there's like kind of a feels mm-hmm. thing with it where mm-hmm. people would feel like characters are getting worse even though they aren't, whereas if you're just pumping up all these numbers, I don't think it feels quite as bad. Um, uh, no, no, I, I do like that. I think that's probably the the safest, like, and especially it would just, I can't even begin to imagine the workload that it would take to go back and numbers crunch all of these yeah. characters to like reasonably balance numbers. Like it's one thing when it's wow, where it's like, okay, it's, here's a new expansion. Everybody is just a small baby again. This would just be like, do we go from, do we cut everything from 20 to Twelve to fifteen to ten to just which one of these sneaks through and is just like cracked for mm-hmm. a week or something like that or two weeks because the number was just like kind of missed like there's so many characters now already so I think you're right probably just like a flat X health on people or yeah maybe that's where we get the PVE system right ends up giving us artifacts or equipment in a different way for our characters that allows it to get a fifty health bonus or a resistance bonus yeah uh, who knows what and that's how we kind of bake in the dynamic choice right like i think that's one of the things as someone who's played a lot of pokemon and other similar games i think that's the one thing mercenaries is really lacking right now is 
uh, there it's very limited in terms of ways to customize your character and i mean that's kind of why i'm really excited for the upcoming pokemon and i'm probably gonna play and stream it and stuff because i, I want to try out vgc and if you've never heard of vgc yeah. it stands for video game championship which is like the competitive doubles format of pokemon and this game borrows a lot from competitive yeah. pokemon yeah. if in case you haven't already noticed or if you have never tried competitive pokemon and i know uh tess even told us before like pokemon comes up a lot in development discussions um so it's like the the big thing about competitive pokemon is that it has a similar issue where there is a very large barrier to entry both in time and in knowledge uh like mm -hmm. i i've put in thousands of hours into pokemon over my years i i've played the games like religiously since i was a kid and i still can't tell you like some of the 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 more dynamic ways to like ev train which is like a how you spec out the oh, Pokemon yeah. to be better in certain ways, like more attack or more defense or that kind of stuff. Uh, I still can't tell you the most optimal way to do that. Like, like I know how to do it in game, but in terms of like making the best build for a specific team, unless it's just like a hyper offensive or hyper defensive, like the, the more intricate builds and stuff way over my head. And that's from a yeah, super invested cool. player. <laughs> like it's awesome, yeah. but it, it's yeah. a little intimidating. Uh, and so yeah, definitely. Merck's definitely felt like it was trying to hit this sweet spot where it was more accessible and it was a little bit more simple. So uh, while still having depth to the gameplay, but I, I am afraid that they may have simplified a little bit too much when it comes to the characters, because the, the big thing, and I think this is in part why Pokemon so successful is you have ways of making your own Pokemon feel like your Pokemon and someone else can be playing with that same Pokemon, but it's not necessarily going to be the exact same or feel the exact same because you can build it these different ways or you can spend a bunch of time to grind out getting a shiny so it looks different. Uh, and the, the whole thing with that is I think we need more ways for people to express that in mercenaries where my Vol'jin is different than your Vol'jin rather than just us both running the shadow speed equipment because it's by far the best equipment <laughs> and that's really the only choice we're yeah. making in terms of i mean yeah you get to choose different moves in the game but like you're not making a choice that makes the character different i mean you could choose a different skin but that doesn't have any impact on gameplay and one thing i think would be an awesome addition to help solve this and it would be a big undertaking and i don't expect it to happen necessarily uh, and especially not anytime soon but I think it would be so cool is so mercenaries have their three skills right and uh, this would also mess with the ui too so maybe it's a pipe dream but uh i think merc should have a fourth skill however that fourth skill should not just be another skill that's predetermined the fourth skill should be customizable from a pool so you can you can choose like it's just like neutral skills right where you have a whole pool oh, okay. of skills and you can pick like in pokemon you pick your four moves right well in mercs you have your three skills on a character but what if one of them you could pick and it was from a pool and all characters have access to this pool but maybe there there's some in that pool that are only available to shadow or demons or something but it's still like you have a choice between some of them yeah. like i think something like that would go a really really long way uh also just revamping items so there's more dynamic choice we've already kind of seen them do that a little bit with some of the re uh, like not the reverts but the the buffs 
is like uh with anaconda she's a great example like there's reasons to run like all three of her equipment now and they aren't all in the same build like you could go all in on a big snake or you could have a nature focused build that's like getting multiple snakes like give us a reason to tr use these different builds in different teams rather than just and the launch merc suffered from this terribly having one best item and the other two are just not even anywhere close to the same realm of playability yeah, I, th I think the, I mean, you said that we'd have to change the UI for it, but I mean, when you think about the fact that you can get like the treasures essentially as you go through the bounties and stuff, mm -hmm. that fourth little spot, it, it, it is there. And like, if you just make that a clickable button and now all of a sudden, yeah, the, it's, True. A, it's a treasure spot, right? Instead of a whole other ability, like it can be the equivalent of like a, of like, yeah, of just like an artifact of like a trinket, right? That has uses or, and now it can be something that's kind of outside of the flavor of your character but can still be within, like you said, only for demons or only for shadow or something. But you can highlight that character and see like, oh, they're actually using this equipment. And now that does augment either, yeah, gives them another castable thing. I mean, again, WoW has the precedent of trinkets that activate just when you proc something, trinkets that you can physically click and activate in order to do something. You can break CC with them and stuff like there's totally a ton of things you could do from that. And again, I think the cool thing is it could tie in with the PVE, right? You can start grinding your trinkets mm -hmm. in PVE to the end, be able to bring those to PVP. Maybe that's what you can use your extra coins on to be able to roll for a better trinket or something like that after you do a boss for a character. I mean, it, it, it can certainly start coming together, but I think you're right. I think having a, a customizable effect to your mercenaries is is a huge huge thing that will have to come for the future because yeah it doesn't really feel like we're progressing towards anything right now it doesn't actually feel even like a personal quest or like a personal mm -hmm. goal for your guys to look like or to actually function as or to be your own like you said your own party your own pokemon party we kind of don't have that i remember one of the times i saw like the only real time i'd ever seen it that was only a shadow of this concept mm -hmm. was someone had like all the Christmassy kind of skins on a whole team. And I just thought that was sick. I just, I, <laughs> I didn't see people ever try to kind of cosmetically make their team one coherent team. Like that was the first team where I ever saw it. And I went, that's that person's deck. And I thought that was cool, but it, again, anybody could do it. All It's just a matter of picking the colors at that point. So give us something functional that actually really says, no, this is my guy. I have these runes on it or whatever because I have practiced for this long or know these matchups and this is my sick tech, right? And if you want to do it, then you have to learn why it's good. Mm -hmm. That'd be a dream for us, Aries. Yeah, it's really, I think that's one of the, like the biggest thing, and not the biggest, but one of the biggest things holding back the, uh, just the potential of the mode uh, because I, I can't overstate like how, interesting it is uh to have a decision like that because it adds what we were talking about much earlier on in the show it adds to like there's a whole game in making that decision before you're even stepping into pve or pvp with it because you're deciding why do i want to run this specific uh move in this specific build and we just don't have a whole ton of that anymore like a lot of the, the PvE, once you have like a good farming team, you really aren't usually having to make too many adjustments to it. A lot of the, the good farming comps are just 
strong enough to, to power through almost all the bosses without having to kind of work your strategy around them. And that kind of is a fundamental thing of what roguelikes are kind of supposed to be. Like, that's why they're so replayable in the good ones is because, like, you can't just jam the same strategy every time and have it work because you're running into different bosses that do different things and your strategy isn't going to always work the same against different bosses. Whereas here, it's just like, oh, well, you have fire comp and uh, you're going to roll 97% of the PVE with that. And there might be a boss or two along the way that puts up a fight, or you might have to to tech a little bit, but it's so rare, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it's really a shame for uh, for the the PVE focused people. And I know eventually, uh, maybe when we get the PVE endgame, I'd love to have someone like Old Guardian on and just talk to them a bit because obviously he's like the PVE guru. He puts more time into it than anyone I know, and he really enjoys it because he he said before he sees it like a puzzle and i think i would enjoy it so much more if i actually felt that way about it but the current mm -hmm. way it is just doesn't give me that feeling like if you want to like artificially challenge yourself maybe there's something there but like the, the game doesn't give you a reason to so a lot of people aren't going to do that they just want to get it done uh, and complete it, whether that's just because they want to get everything done or because they want to move on to PvP. It doesn't really matter. It, it, it's just the game doesn't really give you any reason to, uh, to kind of challenge yourself there. And it's a very fickle thing to balance because uh, they, they've they been on kind of both ends of it with uh, Merc's PvE balance. Most of it has been really easy, but the times it's been hard, it hasn't felt like the the fights themselves were asking you to play in a way to like play around these bosses. It felt like the characters were just yeah. really overtuned and or the bosses were really overtuned to the point where you kind of needed to high roll treasures or have maxed out characters to really stand a shot. And that's just like artificial difficulty. Like that's not making yeah. me think more. That just means I'm have to grind more and that, that doesn't, that's not a good feeling. That's not I, why people like play those types of games. Typically, uh, they, they so I, I really think there's just so much more they can do to actually make this game feel like what they advertise it as, which is Hearthstone's take on a roguelike RPG. Because let me tell you, if someone asked me to define mercenaries to them, those are not the words that would come to my mind. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, it, it's so there. There's definitely a lot of work to be done there. I'm hopeful that that's what the PV endgame stuff is all about. But at the same time, it's a little bit dangerous to put all your eggs in one basket. When if you add this massive PV endgame, well, to get new people to get there, they still have to go through all the old PV, and so if you leave that unchanged, uh, that also creates problems where I think players could lose interest uh, before they actually get to the new big thing. So it's a, it's a very complicated problem. Um, but it's one that's very solvable. It's, it's one that they, they yeah. can fix. And I really hope that they do because I want to enjoy the PVE more. I mean, when it's been a while since we've had a bounty and I've been sitting on full max for a minute, I enjoy the PvE, even though it's far from its yeah. full potential. Like, yeah, it's fun just using these characters I I like and seeing them blow stuff up. Like, I'm usually not paying a whole lot of attention to it, 
but I don't <laughs> mind that necessarily because like it's a fun little thing to do in the background sometimes. Like I, there people play tons of games like that. Um, yeah, especially on a you phone or something. It's not their their goal. <laughs> like, yeah, to make it a, just a behind just a second monitor game. It's, exactly. I mean, there's there's a reason to make a game like that, I suppose, but it doesn't feel like Blizzard necessarily needs to be doing that, and certainly has the the infrastructure within the game and without of the game to to have it be more than that. I think really that's kind of what we just keep harping on is like we just kind of keep hoping that it's not gonna just be allowed to be a lesser game and it's kind of been in that lesser game state and that's kind of what i was saying before too with like pokemon unite where it was like as they started to reveal the layers of their plan you go like oh the lesser state was on purpose to hook not mo like non-mobile players in that kind of sense to be able to like get a feel to get all the pokemon players to start playing get interested and then you change into the real game and then you take everyone and you go from there mercenaries really hasn't given us or shown us that kind of greater grander plan of like just wait like the the once they finally tear the veil off then we'll be surprised like i don't think that's the case so we are just kind of that they, they, as they slowly hemorrhage people away mm -hmm. it's just the the onus is on them to to spin it into a into a great and grand plan yeah and it, it's just weird because it feels like they they pushed more for pve with this game and now for quite some time now and i think it's because they've put all this they've been putting all their their work into the pve end game it feels like the the pve content has just declined like there's just less of it mm. and mm -hmm. it, there's been less of it for a while and it's just like there are a lot of players who do play this game pve only and who don't have any interest or desire for pvp but you're really not giving a reason for those players to like keep coming like uh, and god forbid they try and commit uh, like do content creation around it like you can't <laughs> like uh like old yeah. guardian manages but even he's talked about it before where it's just like it's so dry and i think part of the reason he's able to make it work is because he isn't all in on only mercenaries he covers other aspects of hearthstone which is smart mm. and whatnot uh because like I don't know how you could do it. Like, I mean, I've done it with PvP, but even with these new drops, like, I haven't put up a, a, a PV gameplay or a PvP gameplay thing in like a week. I've done some other small little videos, but like, I, it's just like, what do I do? I could play some random deck or something, but I know it's probably going to be bad. It's not going to like drastically change like the, the the format like the format is pretty settled for the most part so it's like how how do we how do you make it so your game doesn't have these problems because it's totally fine for people to stop and play other things and i think that's like the uh the last thing we can talk about is like some of the other stuff we've been playing um but like there's a very real risk with that where people just don't come back. Like I, I have a friend right now who started playing some magic, uh, magic arena. He asked me about it and whatnot. And so I told him some stuff and it actually got me playing again a bit. And he was like, yeah, now that I'm playing this, I don't know if I'm going to come back to mercenaries because I only have so much time. And yeah. he was also someone who really enjoyed the, the cosmetics in the game. So he would buy the bundles and he's like, well, now my money's kind of going elsewhere. And, 
I'm just like, yeah, like, I totally understand where you're coming from. Like, if you're having more enjoyment with this thing that is also being more regularly updated, and it's competing for both your time and your money, which are both limited resources, eventually you're going to have to start making hard decisions, and uh, the game's not necessarily making it a very hard decision for people right now. Nope. No, I mean, it's, I think you're, that's exactly that. Yeah. It's just this, especially when the game is so theoretically demanding in both your time and your money, and it's having to compete with anything else, like it becomes even easier to go into even something like Arena, which is honestly kind of on the high end in terms of, oh, it's on the high end, theoretical <laughs> money in, input and theoretical time input. It's like it, with me going end. to Unite, it's kind of, it's it's a different totally different where there's no no doesn't cost you anything right like like yeah there's some things you can you can benefit from by paying but like you can just play the game and jam games and have a great time with it for free 99 like there's no (laughs) upfront cost to it and that that's great and that's pretty much the the only thing that has let me continue to recommend mercs to people is that like you don't have to pay any money into this to actually get a full con- collection and compete. You do have to pay that in time. There's no getting around that. Even if you want to mm. spend money, you only get so far around it, and it's not that far. But, like, it, you, at least you can do it that way, but you, there has to be a light at the end of the tunnel where that is. It, there's a payoff for putting in all that time, and it feels like we're very much lacking that right now. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what what would you say are kind of the defining characteristics of that light in the tunnel that a game kind of needs to have for you to to want to continue to play it? Because for me, I think the the big one that I kind of as I separate the different games that I've played and the ones that actually hold me, if if a game doesn't have a sense of. Improvement and exploration and learning, then. If it doesn't have that, I basically can't play it. Like like with Genshin <laughs> Impact, I basically just completely fell off a cliff with that game because I reached a point where I just went, when I play this game, I literally don't feel like I'm learning anything. I don't feel like I'm improving at all. I don't feel like my gear is realistically changing enough mm-hmm. to matter. I don't feel like I'm suddenly going to be able to do something that I couldn't do before. I don't feel as if my mechanics are improving or anything like that. There's no payoff in that kind of sense. And so I just kind of, the time it became a mercenaries-esque investment where it's like, I'm, well, I'm not learning. I'm not getting any better at anything. I'm not mm-hmm. learning anything anymore. I'm not actually like discovering new things for a reason. And I think that to me is a huge part of a game. Like, what would you say is that kind of, is a quality like that that is of those games that hold you? Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's why I became such a PvP-focused person because I love the depth to it and I love that, it is, I think, very difficult to play 100% perfectly. I think like almost yeah. nobody does, myself included. And so I love that sense of learning. And the big thing for me is variety and exploration. Yeah. So I need, like, that's why I love the big drop so much because, <laughs> I, I mean, I would, I, I would stream for like over six hours and then I'd call it a night. And sometimes I would play off stream just because I want to try out these combinations and see if stuff is good and how it plays and a slowly optimize. Like I love the variety and I love optimizing and, and not even just to get the best version of something, but that road to getting the, to the best version of something like, 
it's just so interesting and seeing how things are refined and whatnot and and making those kind of uh it comes down to decision making really and one of the biggest decisions we have to make in mercenaries is who are the six units that are going in your comp and why are these six going in there and so like when we get a big new drop and it shakes things up where suddenly some old characters who weren't playable are playable now and there are these new interactions and there's new synergies and stuff that really drives that sense of uh experimentation and trying out all these new things and that's what i like the most it's why i think the the trigor meta was like the worst meta we've ever had was because you couldn't experiment at all and then you had this big rng element on top of it and those were just like two of the worst possible things for the mode uh like it 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 was just really really bad so i think those are for me the things that drive me and keep me interested are just trying out these new things and it's kind of like the the potential feels almost limitless when we get these new drops because there's so much to try no one person like even someone like me who's going full time at it no one person can figure that out in a short span of time uh, yeah, unless something two and may, a half months yeah. later we see nagas popping up and they were just there they were, that was just a thing that people could have been playing right yeah and but nobody figured it, it out and people yeah. it's not like we're, people weren't trying nagas but part of that is also the fact that uh it takes people time and right and like people have to a lot of people have to choose their pokemon and decide what they're going to level first they're not going to level everything uh all at once and then go play pvp because that takes a long time so they'll level one or two comps they really want to try and then what if one of those isn't as good as they thought or they just don't like playing it as much as they thought then they have to go spend time and level the other one and then that takes more time so that plays into it too uh which is why i think changing the release cycle to be every two months instead of every four months and just cutting that drop in half would really be kind of perfect for the mode because it gets rid of the one month is too quick for people to keep up with, which is a very real concern. And four months is too long where people start to lose interest. Like I, I would, I, I'm really curious to see. So I'm going to check at the end of the month, what the, uh, the leaderboards numbers are looking at or looking like. And then when the new drop happens, I'm going to oh, compare yeah. it with, uh, the end of the month then. And we're going to see how much more interest is there when the game is at its freshest versus when it's at its most stagnant no i think that's that'll be a really cool number to see and then especially with the coins exchange then too we have like a, another number to be able to potentially check and see like does that suddenly boost it up by a bazillion too you would think so mm-hmm. but yeah now with this new drop no i that you have to imagine it would like double i would think so or something like that like, right like you can see or at least i can see with analytical stuff uh like the 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 viewership for mercenary stuff is down like and that that is not purely because of mercenaries it's also a seasonal thing from what i've heard creation stuff goes down in the the later summer months because people are occupied doing other stuff and then as we get into september october it starts to creep back up but a big big part of it it's very clear it's it's because there just isn't a lot of interest in the mode right now because a lot of the people who are very heavily invested hit that point of, I don't have anything to do anymore. And mm-hmm. it's not even just veteran players. And I think that's a really important point to hammer home is it, this isn't just the people who've been playing yeah. s- since launch. Like I've had multiple people who were like, Hey, I started mercenaries like a month or two months ago. 
but like i'm pretty much done like i, I pretty much did all the stuff and i had <laughs> fun was. doing it and but i'm like uh now what do i do and i'm, I'm just like i wish i had an answer for you <laughs> like i mean maybe that's just that could just be this weird like systemic problem of the consumer expecting games to be like lifelong games in that sense too right like it could definitely just be a part of the the audience is like we're so familiar with blizzard games especially as the the example here in this case of being like things like again like wow where people have been playing the same game or diablo mm-hmm. and stuff that people have literally been playing the same game for 20 years like, yeah that's insane and it, it, they have certainly set that precedent, and this is one of those companies that can do that. But on on some level, I'm sure the devs are and the just the creators and at Blizzard are like, we'll look at some of these situations and be like, guys, like, can't can't you just like enjoy having it be done at some point? <laughs> like, does it have to always go on forever? And unfortunately part of the answer is like well yeah it's yeah it's 2022 like you have people you have a lot of people working full-time like the 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 reality of the of the updating game is the norm now and certainly is lucrative and it is the expectation in a sense and maybe it's toxic i don't know but i mean uh you know what's a great example of this is uh and this is something i mean we talked about it back when we first started the show was halo (laughs) infinite yeah, and uh, I don't know if you've kept up with any news surrounding that game, but uh, no. So I I really loved that game at launch, and I thought it was going to be like the the second coming, bringing the game back to greatness. And it is insane how heavily they have flopped. With uh, they just they they were so adamant on making it a live service thing because, like you said, live service is very lucrative, and it's what a lot of people want. Uh, both companies and players want this. And for better or for worse, some corporations are not built, like, they just aren't designed to do that right now. I think Hearthstone generally does a pretty good job of it. It's just their, yeah. I think their design is is uh, counterintuitive to what a lot of the players want in terms of, I think their idea is, hey, we have these three different modes. If you're bored of one, you can go play another, mm-hmm. which is great in concept. But the problem with that is, and this is something I've talked with a bunch of other creators across different modes about, is generally in Hearthstone, people, they have one main mode, and then they might have one side mode, but they really don't typically branch out much more than that, whether it's because of a lack of interest or a lack of time or a lack of resources. There are a lot of different reasons, but... Typically, from what I've seen, especially you can see it on Twitch viewership and stuff, um, it's like people will have this one, like they'll main construct it and maybe they do a little bit of Battlegrounds on the side or I know a bunch of Mercenaries players who main this game mode and then they play some Battlegrounds or some Wild on the side, but they're not dipping into Standard, they're not dipping into Duels, like it's two. Like people typically seem to be capping out at two and if neither of those two that are their primary interests are working for them well it doesn't matter that you have three other options because they don't care about those three other options like i'm sorry it's just the reality Uh, and and so that's kind of the unfortunate thing um but how this relates to like halo infinite like they they really dropped the ball because they had a very big launch It, it seemed very successful there was a lot of praise and there were some problems with it and one of the big things was uh they just weren't pushing out content very quickly 
And uh, we're, I mean, the game has been out for like uh, almost a year now. And they just had to delay their second or third season or whatever. It, it's it's going to be like an eight month season or something. Like like Jeez. that's insane for live service games. Yeah. Um, they've added what two or three maps in that whole time. Um, it, it's really like when you look back to the the glory days of Halo and Halo <laughs> two and three and Reach and stuff, specifically three and Reach. Like there was, con- and that was when like live service was not an expected or established yeah, thing. Was, they were pumping out maps faster. Yeah. Like, and yeah. and now they just reneged on a, a thing where for years they'd said, oh, because they didn't do couch co-op in Halo Five. They they'd always been like, well, Infinite, it's gonna have it, it's gonna have it, and they've been promising it for all this time. And then in their recent developer update, not only did they delay the season and other stuff they're just like yeah sorry we're just scrapping couch co-op entirely you can co-op online but uh we're we're dropping development for this entirely and they put all these resources into it and all this time and they kept telling people it was coming and like i i I hadn't played the game in forever and i'd been waiting for a reason for them to give me to play it and instead they gave me a reason to uninstall (laughs) like it was just it, it it was about as bad as it could go. Like it makes mercenaries almost look good. How much they have messed that up. Uh, it, and that's it's, like a full ass like. It's Microsoft's flagship like with like yeah, how many millions of dollars going into it. Like like it, it's insane. So I think that's like a real good example of just because you have the resources and whatnot mm-hmm. does not mean you're going to come up with this competent product even if the potential's there because their the potential was there people myself included were raving about this game when it came out because the gameplay felt so good but it only can last off of that potential for so long without fully realizing it and unfortunately 343 has proven time and time again that they are not up to the the, the they just can't handle it <laughs> the, and i think a lot of it has to do with management stuff but unfortunately microsoft is unwilling or unable to clean house with the management that is not able to adequately manage their product project. Cause I'm sure it's still making the money, but it's a fraction of what it could be. And I see that kind of thing in mercenaries where, yeah, I'm sure the mode is still more than profitable for them. Yeah. And I have no doubts about that. Um, but compared to what it could be, in terms of both profit and success, it's just a fraction of its potential. And you can only ride that for so long before people are like, is it ever coming? Like, are they ever going to get to that point? Or are maybe we just going to... Love that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you just get to say in perpetuity of just like, oh, no, no, no. It's always going to get better. Like, just keep... Yeah, that's a fair just, point. Believe me. Like, it'll, it'll, it's going to... Next year's going to bang. Trust. But yeah, then the problem becomes like, people just move on to other stuff. Like, we, that's, mm-hmm. that's what I figured we'd close on is just like, We've been playing other games. Like I've been so there have been so many banger games this year. I I haven't even had time to like keep up with so many of them. And that's what I've been doing in this kind of like dry spell. I I got back to playing some magic, both paper and digital. That's been really fun. There have been some good uh RPGs and other stuff that have come out that I haven't had time for, so I've been putting some time in there. Uh there there's one game I'm really looking forward to. It's an indie project coming out in like two or three weeks called uh it's called The Outbound Ghost. And I just found it on Twitter randomly, but it's someone who is really passionate about the old Paper Mario games and Pokemon. 
and basically they made their own kind of style of that and it looks so awesome and it's like yeah it's really cool i highly recommend it's coming out on pc in like two weeks or something i'm gonna be playing it and it's coming to consoles in like november or something but i'm really excited and it's just like there's so many of these awesome games that like i i'm thinking and i probably am going to make just kind of like an alternate channel to post some stuff yeah. that is not merc stuff i mean i'm still going to be focused on mercenaries i'm not going away from it but especially in times like this uh as a creator i i think one of the things people don't really talk about a lot is burnout and whatnot and how unhealthy that can be both for the the creation as well as like your physical and mental self and yeah. you it shows in the content like if you're not enjoying something like if i didn't enjoy talking about the game like on our show here it would 100 percent show like mm -hmm. like people can see that it's it's very i mean sometimes people can hide it a little bit but i think it really shows when when people are kind of doing it because they feel like they have to and not because they want to and right that's just something i refuse to do like if i'm not feeling it i'm not gonna do it and maybe yeah. i will get less viewership or less success because of it but that that like you you have to determine that for yourself what it what it's worth to you at that point and i think if you want to do something like this in the long term you have to keep that in mind because if you're not keeping your your self and your mental healthy it, it's just not going to last yep and especially with so many alternatives in this mm -hmm. just terminally choice heavy world that everybody on the planet lives on right now i mean for better or for worse mm -hmm. one of the things is yeah you can if something's trolling you for so long at a certain point there you're just sacrificing everything else that you basically could be doing instead and yeah. i think from games to content creation to jobs to friends to relationships i mean yeah. it literally never ends and it's a lesson that i think everybody to with the, the internet service providers we're just going <laughs> to start like y you can only get trolled so many times before mm -hmm. you start realizing or until you hopefully realize that something's got to change to be to yeah do. yeah <laughs> like and, and they can always pull it back but yeah i mean oh i saw I, I feel your pain and i saw that myself when we changed isps recently luckily we were in a position where there was another option Fortunately, yeah. that's one of those things where yeah, right. a lot of people don't have another option because of yeah. these no. monopolies, essentially. And it was made a huge difference because I like never streamed. Like you might remember, I very yeah. seldom ever streamed in the beginning of Mercs for a while, and that was because my internet just couldn't handle it. Like I didn't have terrible internet; it just did not agree with streaming, and I would just get these random. I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm so much looking forward to the Popper Open 3 is because it's going to be our first Popper Open where I didn't have to pray to God that the internet wasn't going to tank <laughs> halfway through without me having any control over it. Like, we, we got yeah. lucky with 2 where, where it didn't really happen, uh, but, like, it's so stressful to have to worry about something outside of your control like that. And now I can just press the go live button and I don't drop any frames and it's just... It, it, it just you can do your job and you can enjoy yourself rather than being stressed about something that's entirely outside of your control. So that's, that's a big, I mean, it's a little, it, it goes a little wider than just the, the game, but like it, it's an important thing to, uh, to realize, I think. Um, yeah. Just... And as, as, as the, the 
two white men saying that we have so many choices in the world, <laughs> so great with all the choices in the world. Yeah, the super good point. You, it, one extreme is we have every choice in the world to a crippling degree, and the other extreme is yeah that it's even worse than when you can know that it should be better mm-hmm. and so many people for so many different decisions and all kinds of facets of their life just don't have another choice and mm-hmm. that sucks and so hopefully we just kind of keep we keep trying to believe that it's going to get better but times yeah. are hard so definitely everybody hopefully is using these games as a way to take a break from some of those things where they don't have choices and where we want so many of these games to have choices that we like. So yeah, cause we'll you, see, but we'll keep doing it. You, yeah. You, you gotta, you like time is such a, a precious resource for everybody. Um, and some will have more than others, but it's like, you gotta, you gotta find a way to enjoy it and make the most of it. Cause it is at the end of the day, a finite resource. If you're not enjoying something. You, you shouldn't be doing it if you can help it, like if that's within your power yeah, to change. Think, yeah, at least figure out why. Why don't you like it, right? Like, can is is there an option? Is there an alternative? And I yeah. mean, things can change, right? Like mental is definitely like you were saying before, especially when it comes to like games and just when it forces you to not be touching grass and not mm-hmm. be slurping up some sun juice while it's happening, your mental can just go completely out the window and you just start distrusting reality as a whole. So uh this i don't know it's a, it's a spooky world it's a spooky world man yeah it's it's tricky but uh hopefully we we gave some uh some food to thought and it ended up going a little philosophical but i like it um but yeah i mean these are just kind of the the thoughts that you end up having in this time where there's just not much else to talk about but it's still cool we were able to talk about a bunch of this stuff uh, it's it's one of the the reasons why I like doing the show and whatnot, and yeah. hopefully people continue to uh, to enjoy listening to it, even in these these more little uh, looser topical stuff when it's uh, it's a little bit quieter on the news. But it's the the calm before the storm, right? Like the, we're gonna get the uh, even if even if there's not something super transformative. Like I learned a lot from the last drop because I was overwhelmed by the amount of just the PVE stuff. Like that was the first time I didn't do heroic guides for everything because I just like I I literally felt overwhelmed. There was so much to get through, and like there's a pressure to try and get it out as fast as possible because that's when it's the most relevant and the most useful. It's just like I don't know how old Guardian does it. <laughs> like I don't know how he does it. I'm so happy he does, but I do not know how he does it. Because even as someone doing this full time, that was just like, whoa, that was a lot. <laughs> and he's even talked about it in terms of like splitting up uh, the the content a little bit, just because it is exhausting having to like you have to blitz it and just go nonstop to to because somebody's got to get those those guides out that people want to see it. Like that's yeah, it's kind of your job. Like that, <laughs> like that era, super tough. Um, but hopefully we will hear more about this stuff soon. I mean, maybe we'll we'll get a guest on in the not too distant future with that yeah. uh, stuff we talked about at the beginning. Pinkies crossed, yeah. and that'd be awesome. Maybe they'll do something to to give us a little bit of a preview for the Merc stuff this time around after seeing the reaction last time and how positively, not just the negative reaction, but how positive. The reaction in the discord was when alkali did those reveal stuff on the weekend uh, to kind of make up for it and that was all 
her doing that. Like she didn't have to do that. It was the weekend. She was not on on the clock. That was, and I think that really speaks to how good of a community manager she's been. Because I can't think of any one else before her in the time that I've played Hearthstone who would do something like that just because oh, no. they wanted to make a community feel like they were kind of being heard and not just totally ignored. And so that, that really goes a long way. It's not everything, but it is very important. And so it's, Man, it's, it's nice to see that we have somebody who's like up to that task. Cause it's, it's not easy. Cause like we said, Hearthstone has all these different modes and like, you just can't juggle them all. Like I tried to do a news show for all the modes of Hearthstone it lasted like a month. I couldn't do it. Like it was too much to keep up with all of the communities. And I liked doing it, but the amount of time in terms of research and editing, it was taking up so much time and effort that it was like cutting into my more important stuff. And I was just like, I can't do this. <laughs> like it's it's just the it, it maybe someone's out there who can, but it's not me. Like I, yeah. I much prefer sticking to the thing that I know and the the community that I'm very involved in. But like, it's very very hard to 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 do it all. So definitely yeah. food for thought. <laughs> the, the title of this episode a little bit, I guess, of just like how yeah. to slice the pie. It's yeah. just been so many different ways, man. But yeah. props to everybody that's out there pie slicing yeah it's uh it's difficult but i think that's uh about where we're gonna call it for today though uh it was a lot of fun doing this episode yeah um let's see so we're still a couple weeks out from the next mercs drop i do think one thing that would be really fun to do is uh maybe we can go back and revisit our uh our initial episode where we got the uh the last big drop revealed and, and like kind of skim through that and see oh, okay, yeah. if we were on the money or not for some of these characters. Uh, like I know one I've really missed on was hook tusk. I thought hook tusk was just going to be an a plus all-star. And although she's improved with the buffs and stuff, and I love her design as a character, she wasn't nearly as powerful as I thought. That's because like, I thought she was so powerful because we were seeing an, ability that we'd never seen before and it's so hard to evaluate things like that like color changing and i know we were all hyped about cho being able to be a neutral but ironically that's like the one equipment that's used the least on him and so it'll be neat to go back i know we rated reno like really low but he actually ended up being like super duper playable and powerful so Oh, yeah, I think I actively was like yeah. <laughs> talking smack about the explorers for sure, and they definitely ended up showing up later. Yeah, I yeah. think we each had like five predictions, and so we could even go back and yeah, like X out of five that were on the money or not. No, that'd be yeah, and we could even like when we do get the the patch notes or the information or whatever, we could do, maybe next time we can do a little tier list so we just have a sheet to easily reference. Um, that way we can be like boom drop after the next one coming along we can go back and look at our little tier list and oh, be yeah. like yeah were we right were we wrong let's see that, that'd be kind of that'd be kind of fun to because it, it's like we were saying before the uh the whole uh the game outside of the game is uh is a fun part of it and mm-hmm. i think that'd be fun to do um but yeah uh so that's gonna wrap it up for episode number 31 of the fighting pit podcast uh Next week we do have the event going on, so I'm not sure if there is if we're gonna record for next week or not. Keep an eye on the Twitter and stuff. 
because uh, there, there's a lot of stuff that has to get done for the tournament and whatnot. And again, if you're interested in the Popper 3, uh, by the time this goes up, hopefully there is a separate video on YouTube. And if there is, it'll be linked in the description, so you can just find it down there with sign-up info, format info, all that stuff. It is going to be on the uh, 17th Saturday of uh, September so a week from when this goes live and starting time and all the other details and stuff will be uh, in that dedicated video. So check that out. But that is going to wrap it up for episode 31 of the Fighting Pit podcast. We do hope you enjoyed it. If you did, do remember to like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, we will see you in the next one. Peace. Stay safe. Adios.